sensitives, we find ourselves in a world encouraging us to tune out when our greatest power is to tune in. And sometimes being tuned in is just frankly overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature and to sort through the noise to help us find our inner truth. I'm your host, Marcy Moberg, a fellow sensitive, intuitive coach and healer and shadow worker. For the past two decades, I've been on a journey to heal and tune in to the unseen and unconscious realms of life. And seven years ago, I decided to dedicate my life to sharing what I've learned and guiding others to do the same. On this podcast, you'll find deep, real talk conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning intuitive questions. Equal parts spiritual and human, my work is trauma-informed and always practical. I'm so glad that your intuition led you here. Welcome to Tune In with Marcy. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I'm so happy that you stopped by today. I want to invite you to pull up your metaphorical chair because today I'm sharing a personal story and some reflections about working with the spirits of plants. But first, before we get to this week's episode, I and the plants, five to be specific, want to invite you to a very special series, and that is my Autumn Plant Spirit Series. Autumn is, I think, the season of magic. It's a liminal season where ancestors can be heard more clearly and dreams form more vividly and emotions stir, answering nature's call to turn our attention inward towards the inner world and planes as we near winter. Now, whether you are experiencing autumn where you live or not, plants can be our teachers and allies through seasonal changes. And this experiential series that I'm going to lead focuses on five important inner work themes and plants. And I see these themes as like portals that take us into deeper realms of our human and spirit selves. So here's how each session will work. We start with a guided practice to connect with the spirit of a plant. So whatever plant we are working with that week to receive intuitive messages. I guide you step-by-step through that process. And after connecting with the, the plant spirit, we will explore the week's theme. And this will include some key medicinal folk and magical teachings for each plant, some simple practices to apply the theme to our own lives and how to work with the plant of the week. Uh, sessions close with a guided plant meditation and this meditation will support you to receive this plant spirit support with the theme. So for example, our ancestors grief, I'm going to talk about the topics right now. So I have some really, um, I think powerful topics planned for this series. The first one is ancestral remembrance with rosemary. The second session is focused on cultivating boundaries with yarrow The third is sacred grief with violet. The fourth is tending inner children with chamomile. And the fifth is stepping into dreams with mugwort. We start this whole series next Tuesday, November 9th, if you're listening to this live in the week that it comes out. And I have purposefully priced this series with affordability and accessibility 
in mind so that as many people as possible can come and it's an easy yes for you to join because I really want to have as many people as possible experience what it's like to connect with these plant spirits, which are five plants that I've uh, done a lot of work with in on these specific themes over the last several years in my own personal practice. So you can learn more about this series and you can sign up at marcymoberg.com forward slash autumn plant spirit series, or to make it super easy, you just go to the link in the show notes, or you can just go to my website, marcymoberg.com, and you will see an invitation uh, to find the link there. So those are the three places you can easily find it. My plant spirit series came after I kept receiving the intuitive message to put the plants on center stage, which was really interesting suggestion. And it also made a lot of sense because after all the plants really are center stage in my own life, I ingest plants every single day and plants have been a huge part of my work, um, and healing and exploration around chronic Lyme disease that I have. And most days I connect with the spirits of plants and trees and fungi. Uh, it's become a regular part of my spiritual practice. And so the inspiration to teach about the plants is a very specific way, like in this very specific way, um, kind of just kept haunting me and resurfacing over and over again. I first had a download for about three quarters of this class a couple years ago, but I didn't feel ready to share it. And I'll talk about why. And then the rest of the class came in for me. Uh, the remaining two sessions came in this summer and for a while, it's been kind of like literally the spirit of, I think this program has been tapping me on the shoulder. And at first I thought about, um, preparing it as a formal class, but I just kept getting this message like, no, no, um, make this a really experiential process where people feel like they're coming uh, to a circle to, to experience the plants um, on a really accessible basis. So that's kind of how it was born. And I want to you know, share what it's like to connect with plants as teachers, elders, and spirits like people do with spirit guides, which is also something that I teach in my Intuition Unlocked program. So this idea kept tapping on my shoulder, but um, the truth was I felt a bit like an imposter because how could I teach about the plants when my quote-unquote formal study of them was only a few years ago? And this is part of the challenge of our the, the challenge and the beauty, it's like a both and of our culture around certifications and books and all these things. It's important for people to have some experience in study. And at the same time, sometimes uh, mastery can come from places outside of books. So it's like a both and experience. But I really kind of felt like a baby, we could say. <laughs> Um, in the herbal world, because I, I don't feel like I'm like other herbalists, for example, who, you know, found their first books on herbalism at age 19, or who worked on some amazing biodynamic farm in college, or who knew they were meant to work with plants from just kind of like what seems like day one. Instead, I read my first herbal book in my late 30s, and I struggled to acknowledge that I'm a plant person. But the truth was the plants and I spoke to each other 
throughout my whole life and often. But I didn't think about it in that way, you know? I didn't think about it as like a formal, uh, intentional communication back and forth. It became something that was more obvious and more overt into adulthood as a process of reclaiming that. So the first clue I had that I might be a plant person came on a retreat several winters ago. I was the only non-herbalist in the group, and this really intimidated me. Like, intimidation is an understatement. <laughs> I kind of felt like, I remember when, when everyone went around and did their, their intros, and I kind of felt like, wait a minute, did I, did I miss the memo? Was this like for herbalists only? Um, I had signed up for the retreat because I wanted to dive deeper into dreams and ancestor work and past lives, uh, which were all topics that were influencing my client work and also my spiritual practice. And I had just learned the word herbalism to describe the kind of tincture medicine that a naturopath had given me to start helping heal my Lyme disease several years prior, but I didn't know that there was like this whole field called herbalism. Like I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. And while many of the rest of the attendees were making their own herbal medicine from scratch, I kind of felt like, uh, <laughs> like, oh, uh, hi. <laughs> so when we got to the module on flower essences, um, I kind of just like prepared myself to not have much to say. After all, I was in this room full of self-declared plant people. And when we tuned into the spirits of plants to see what plant wanted to step forward, to my surprise, a plant appeared. I was not expecting this at all. I was pretty much had prepared myself to be like embarrassed and just humbly like listening to people's experiences. So I was really surprised when uh, the plant Poppy um, showed up in her magnificence and connected with me. And it was really interesting because in this connection, it felt like connecting with an old friend. The whole experience just really surprised me. The images and the sounds and the feelings and the experience was way more vivid than I was expecting. It felt like the, the best I can describe it is it felt like the intuitive channel was just like, ding, like super clear, you know, like, five bars, five G, <laughs> that kind of equivalent. Um, and I was confused, but I was also curious, like, why, why did this happen? So in this process of the connection, I decided to allow myself to stay open and see what happens. And she sang me the most beautiful song, otherworldly, I might say. And I kind of sensed it was her song. Like it was the plant's song, which is not something I'd ever heard of. Apparently this is actually a thing is what I learned about over time. And it was so loud. I even opened my eyes a few times to make sure the song wasn't coming from the room, but, but it wasn't, it was just this connection. So I took the retreat leader's gentle nudge to lean into plant work post retreat after having some conversations with her. And I, which was by the way, not nothing I was planning on doing. I like, I just thought the I just thought the plant stuff was going to be like a total bonus. And I actually think the whole reason why I ended up on the retreat, like from a cosmic place, not from like a me place, 
was actually to start me um, on the plant path. (laughs) I thought I was there for dream work, which I also got a lot of beautiful things out of. Um, And it deepened my dream practice for sure. But instead, this retreat, instead of the plant stuff becoming a bonus, actually became like this huge propeller in my life. And I allowed myself to open up to the spirits of the plants, much like I did to spirit guides many years prior. And I just decided to follow intuitively what came up because when I did that with spirit guides, it was really profound. And I had these really amazing experiences. And then later when I formally learned about spirit guides, I learned in books uh, a lot of what I had experienced in my experiential encounters. And I find that that's, is quite common um, that we can have those kind of experiences where we can develop experiential knowledge and then have that validated later uh, by having the right books just come to us at the right time. So I kind of decided to lean into this experience in the same way. No expectations of learning any sort of formal plant herbalism studies, just leaning into like what happens if I actually kind of follow what I did with spirit guides with plant spirits and see what happens. So I visited with plant spirits regularly in morning meditations. I honored their visitations in my dreams. They started showing up in my dreams. I started relating to some of the medicines that I had been taking for quite a long time for for Lyme and starting to connect to them on a spirit level. And when I asked to take classes, um, or well, whether rather when I started to take classes, I I finally then had this experience of having formal names and ways to identify the plants when I found them on walks and said my hellos. And somehow this continued to deepen. It was like this mutual reinforcing thing uh, where it deepened my connection and communication with, with the plants. And I've definitely seen that happen in other areas of my life. Like you know, leaning into connecting with spirit guides and doing that experientially. And then later finding myself, you know, in a class about spirit guides or reading a book and having that kind of name, what was happening for me, being able to have language to name it, some additional practices to work with. And then that deepened my connection with spirit guides. So that's kind of been, that's kind of what I usually see happens for people with any sort of the kind of intuitive uh, spirit realm, we could say, as like a big, all-encompassing bucket. And so, in other words, what happened for me is that the plants started to speak with me. Now, as I continue to learn about the lost ancestral folkways of my European ancestors, which is something I've been very focused on the last several years of my life, It's been in parallel that I've been doing that along with genealogy and uh, ancestral healing work on the psychic plane. And it's very clear that my ancestors viewed the plants as spirits too. And historian Max Dashu, which is this amazing historian um, who compiles uh, historical information, like kind of lost historical information, particularly with a focus towards women's history, Um, she talks about how the word for a female healer in old German had connections to the concepts of vitality and medicine. And this quote unquote medicine was both curative as well as animated by sacred power. 
And the Icelandic equivalent for a healing plant is also understood as a spirit power. So this is very interesting. Animated, power, spirit. These words are kind of like the sense is coming through, right? And then Dasha's research uh, discusses old English practices where herbs were gathered in ceremony. So herbs were not allowed to be gathered outside of like this very ritualistic relating and process where there was chanting to the plants, there was sometimes offering and invoking to their spirit power. So in other words, when, as I've continued to look into this, like in the actual history, my ancestors had a personal relationship with plant spirits. Uh, Sadly, that got lost by the time it came to me. But that isn't a unique idea. In fact, this concept shows up in most folk plant healing traditions and cultures throughout the world. Some are much more intact than others, is the case with my ancestors. Unfortunately, a lot of these uh, traditions and these lineages kind of got lost along the way. Um, But we, you know, I'm, I'm personally trying to slowly piece them together. And there's a lot of people who are scholars who are doing that amazing work, like Mac you know, Max Dashu, I'm just trying to kind of piece it together from my own personal practice. But, you know, each place that this understanding has happened, there's like this unique relationship with the plants that grows out of the landscape where people live. So it's like the land there and the unique spirits of the plant there kind of shape um, what that relationship looks like, but there's still in the essence, the sense that there is like a spirit essence, an animated sense inside of plants that they're not inanimate, you know, like objects and they're not unconscious that they do have a consciousness and that we can relate to that consciousness. So for example, Robin Wall Kimmerer shares some reflections on this idea of plants and like beings in her book, Braiding Sweetgrass, which I think I've mentioned in another episode, but it's, it's a beautiful book. And in this book, she suggests using a pronoun for nature spirits rather than the word, quote unquote, it. I love this idea. Uh, because as I'm slowly learning, like I just said, like as I'm learning, for example, about my European ancestors, there was more language for this kind of sense of... Um, you know, spirit power that, that existed. There was not an it, a plant was not an it. And, um, Robin Wall Kimmer suggests using this pronoun key, which comes from her own studies of Ash of Anishinaabe, uh, which is the native language of her Potawatomi indigenous roots. Um, and it serves as a way to acknowledge the spirit living in the botanical world. So that's even just like one slice of uh, another perspective that's actually been born out of the continent, the occupied continent where I live in North America and the United States. So this exists in a lot of places. And, you know, children are, I believe, inherently plant people to varying degrees. And many children who have a particular inclination towards it speak to plants and are automatically drawn to the beauty and the wonder of flowers. And if left to their own devices, they'll often touch and hug and climb in trees, almost like climbing into the arms of a beloved grandparent or delicately using their tiny little fingers to touch a plant on the ground 
as if they're connecting to, you know, like a loved one. Children live in this world of wonder and what we call imagination, but most of all, they live in a world where they recognize the inherent spirit in all living beings, plants included. Marcy here. Just a reminder that I'd love to have you join me for my Autumn Plant Spirit Series. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're talking about five plants that I think have some special gifts and are easy to connect with in general. Just as a reminder, you don't have to be a quote-unquote plant person to come. You don't need to actually have the physical plant with you. You don't need to have uh, the tea of it or the tincture of it, or the flower essence of it or any of those pieces. That's really the beauty of working with plant spirits. We're working with the consciousness and the consciousness of a plant is always available. So I just want to name that because if you feel like inspired and curious, but you worry that I don't have access to these plants or I don't have them at home, or I'm not a quote unquote plant person, maybe like how I was feeling in the retreat I talked about. Don't worry about it. Um, I hear you and I designed these sessions on purpose with anyone who just wants to connect with the plant world in a different way and wants to explore these really important themes. So again, we're exploring ancestral remembrance with rosemary, cultivating boundaries with yarrow. By the way, that topic is like the number one topic that sensitive people (laughs) need to learn about cultivating boundaries. It's like, it comes up so often sacred grief with violet, which I think is so important. I have done a lot of work with clients around violet's energy and grief work over the last, uh, you know, years or plus since the pandemic. So it's a really powerful one tending inner children with chamomile, which is such an amazing plant for, for holding us and reparenting ourselves and then stepping into dreams with my word, because, you know, of course, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I love dreams and my has this amazing ability to help us, uh, move into liminal spaces. And I really want to talk about that and give everyone an opportunity to come together in a circle and, um, work with the plant and also do some dream work together. So that's the plan. Again, you can sign up for one or all of the sessions. You can learn more and sign up at marcymoberg.com forward slash autumn plant series or at the link in the show notes. I can't wait to see you. And uh, most of all, I can't wait to partner with the plants together. Back to this week's episode. downplay intuitive experiences at first. In some ways, this is useful because I have, you know, little to no expectations, but I'm willing to stay open and experiential. And this means I'm able to pick up on the subtle and the obvious along the way. And with enough repetition and validation of information that comes to me, I learn to trust a new intuitive channel of information. For example, working with plant spirits. It's 
I believe healthy to have a certain amount of skepticism when we approach spiritual experiences. Not so much skepticism that there's no chance for us to truly experience the encounter, and also not diving so far in that we fall into this sense of ego inflation or self-importance that can come with new spiritual experiences. But it's also important to be mindful of self-deflation, where we make ourselves small and downplay our experiences to stay safe. This also isn't healthy, and it tends to be my default mode of safety if I'm not mindful. And in many ways, that's exactly what I did with my connection with the plants, downplaying my connection and experiences because I didn't think I had the quote-unquote authority to own them. And there are ancestral layers to this not just plants. I mean, this happens with intuitive and spirit stuff all the time for people. (laughs) There are, for many of us, ancestral layers to why we do this. There, you know, there are the very real witch trials of my ancestors and the demonization of animistic beliefs by the church in many parts of Europe. You know, indigenous belief systems have been colonized since what feels like the beginning of time. (laughs) And so many of us carry these kind of very deep wounds um, of these practices that at different points were demonized or you could be persecuted for them. It's, it's embedded and, and it's, it's deep. And working with the spirits of plants has both felt deeply empowering and also sometimes taboo for this very innate reason. We all need healthy egos formed out of a healthy dose of ego boosting and questioning self-reflection. This creates both a healthy psyche in ourselves and can heal some of these ancestral wounds connected to relating to plant spirits and our intuition. In fact, I believe that a balanced ego is exactly where a rich connection with the spirits of the plant is born. And so the truth is the plants have always been speaking to me and I've always been a plant person But I lost this part of my path along the way. And now in midlife, I'm making my way back to both lost parts of myself and a path I stepped partially off a long time ago. In a recent conversation with the spirit of a fungi that I've been working with, she showed me the plant children uh, inside of me through a series of memories. These were moments from a young toddler self, a kindergartner, a late elementary schooler, and an early middle school self. And they all had one thing in common that surprised me, and that was plants. Plants, trees, fungi. I have these memories of sitting in the evergreen tree in my childhood home, speaking with the tree like a child does with a loving elder. Uh, Kitchen pots that I dragged outside to fill with sticks and leaves and plants and mud to turn into a potion wanderings through the wild areas like woods or fields, discovering wild foods like blackberries and carrots. I had no idea that that was a thing and that was really interesting to me. And then quiet times where I received answers, inspiration, clarity, and comfort by a tree in a patch of raspberries or in a forest. And it reminds me of this beloved children's book that found its way to me many years ago. It's called Wild by Emily Hughes. Uh, I adore it. If anything of what I'm sharing with you resonates, I think you will probably adore it as well. The main character is a young girl raised in the forest by the beings who live there. And the birds teach her how to speak. The bears teach her how to eat. 
And she understands the language of the forest and she's just like happy as a clam there. Yeah. Until one day when these, you know, (laughs) what the author calls strange animals arrive um, and they take her away from the forest to try to domesticate her. And these strange animals are none other than adult humans. And I was revisiting this book recently and I shared about it in a recent session with my mentor and therapist and reflected on how I felt like the main character kind of just coming back to my essential essence through my relationship with the spirits of the plants. You know, I told her, I feel domesticated. And she said, you are, you were born wild and your trauma domesticated you. Like, wow, isn't that the truth? (laughs) That really struck me. And it was a way to name some of what I feel like has been unnamed for a while. Trauma domesticated me. Yeah, regardless of our history with trauma, many of us have been culturally domesticated away from a direct relationship with the spirits of plants, which brings me to some important questions that I want to offer up for reflection. The first one is, what would shift if you related to plants and trees and fungi as spirits? Spirits that can teach and guide and serve as elders, and sometimes spirits with their own agendas, their own ideas, their own needs, beings that we can develop really deep relationships with just like other beings in life. I also want to invite you to reflect on what wild parts of yourself got lost or sidelined or exiled along the way. You know, I shared about my little selves um, that were very, very deeply connected to the plants when I was younger and I'd kind of forgotten about sometimes. Which parts of yourself got sidelined and lost and which parts were domesticated along the way? This might be like, for example, the little potion maker in you or the one who sang inspired songs while wandering in a garden or the one who created endless art and stories of your nature kin. And lastly, what might shift if you invited these parts of yourself back home? What would be different in your life? What richness might open up? What wonder might you remember? What connection might you find? And how might you feel maybe a little bit more like you belong? If any of this episode resonated with you, I really hope that you'll join me for one or all of the Autumn Plant Spirit series. I think it'll be really fun. It's focused on guiding you into your own experiential encounters with plants and diving into deep themes for this season's inner reflection. So again, you can learn more, sign up at marcymoberg.com forward slash autumn plant spirit series, or at the link in the show notes, wherever you're listening. And then lastly, I just have one request as we close. And that is, I want to invite you to share this episode with one friend or loved one. They could be a plant person or not a plant person or a person that's a plant person. They don't know they're a plant person, you know, sharing is caring, as we say in my household. And I spend a good chunk of my work week writing and recording and editing and finishing the latest podcast episode. And I pour so much love into this project and it would feel really, really good to have you share this episode with someone. And it's a free way to express gratitude, give back and spread love. And uh, most podcast apps have a share button and this allows you to, you can either like message the episode directly, or you can copy and paste an episode link to share with someone. Another idea is you can take a screenshot and tag me at Marcy Moberg on social media. Uh, 
And if you're feeling generous, maybe you want to pop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give the podcast a five-star review. That empowers more people to find this podcast and benefit from it. So thank you so much in advance for supporting my work. It really, really means a lot. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, this conversation about plant spirits. I would love to hear from you. If you um, feel like sharing, you know, find me on social media um, and or you, know, you can always submit questions to the podcast at my website at marcymover.com forward slash podcast. But regardless, I just, I hope that this um, maybe plants a, a plant seed inside of you to see the plants around your house in a different way in the future. And so until next time, when we meet, I will leave you with my personal mantra. And that is that being you takes courage. Much love to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I hope you love the episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review, ideally five stars. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at www.marcymoberg.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.